Well, good morning. Thank you for joining us. This is the Midweek Devotional for December the 16th, 2020. My name is Parker Johnson. I'm so glad to be able to get together uh, with you. I trust you're well. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for another day. Lord, we thank you that yesterday is gone and that uh, you have given us a new day, a new day to walk with you, a new day to again sing your praises. We thank you that the blood of Christ that was good for yesterday is good for today. We thank you that your grace and mercy that got us through yesterday will get us through today, and that these promises are true for tomorrow. Lord, we rejoice in your faithfulness. We rejoice in your new morning mercies. We thank you for your word, and we pray that as we look at it together, you would cause us to look more upon our Savior Lord, grow us spiritually, we pray. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, as I go through the Bible in my reading plan, as I've told you before, I'm doing the Bible in a year plan. This is a good time to make plans for the new year. I always start before the new year begins because it always takes me longer than a year to read the Bible in a year, oftentimes about a year and a half because sometimes it gets done, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes I get all four chapters read and sometimes I don't. Sometimes I like to sit a spell and think about a particular text for a while. Uh, So this morning, I'm in Exodus chapter 29, and I'm going to share some highlights from this great chapter. Well, where are we in Exodus? Well, by this time, uh, God has met with his people or is currently meeting with God's people, uh, with his people at uh, Mount Sinai. He has given them the Ten Commandments, and now he has called Moses up to Mount Sinai, to the very top, just alone, just by himself in order to receive the uh, more of the law. And so right now, God is giving to Moses the plans for the tabernacle, and also now, in verse 29, the consecration of the priests. You'll have to remember that there wasn't a formal priesthood in, um, in life at this point in salvation history. This is something that comes out of the Mosaic Covenant given at Mount Sinai. Now, there are a lot of details here, and I'm not going to highlight all of them. Let me give you an overview of what happens, then I'm going to focus on just a few verses. Well, when Aaron, remember he was the first high priest, when Aaron and his sons would be consecrated and ordained as Aaron the high priest and his sons as priests, there was going to be an elaborate service of consecration and ordination that would take seven whole days. Uh, Think through this. This is the first time that a formal priesthood is set up, and this is something not to be taken lightly. This is how God is going to meet with his people and how their sins are to be, I guess, mediated is the right word, atoned for, even though we know that the blood of bulls and goats cannot take away the sins of anyone that ultimately is Christ, but these things are are pointing us to Christ. And so when it came time, according to Exodus chapter 29, for the ceremony to happen, uh, let me walk through what's going to happen. Well, first, Aaron and his sons are going to wash. Right? They're going to take a bath ceremonially, but also not just ceremonially. They cannot enter into the presence of God unclean. They're going to wash away their dirt, but this is also symbolic of being set aside, set apart in a ceremonial sense uh, in order to come into or closer to the presence of God as priests. 
Well, this whole process begins with the making of bread and of bread of bread of sacrifice, a wave offering. And we are told that they are to take one bull and two rams. And these are going to be very important to this process as uh, Aaron and his sons are set apart. There's going to be a lot of blood. Not only is there going to be a lot of blood, there's going to be a lot of oil. I'm using several sources this morning as I've looked at several commentaries, uh, and they have all drawn out the fact that there's a lot of liquid involved. We're going to see water with the washing. We're going to see oil that uh, they are anointed with, and the oil here in verse 7 of chapter 29 uh, points us to the anointing process, but especially oil in the Bible uh, points to the blessing of God and to the presence of the Holy Spirit. You know, even as we still anoint people with oil for healing in the New Testament times, that's something we still do. If you're ever ill and desire the elders to come and lay on hands and anoint with anoint you with oil, uh, call us. James chapter four tells us to do that. Uh, but oil throughout the Bible ta- points us to the presence of the Holy Spirit and to the blessing of God. And so, after they have washed, then they put on their fine garments. Now, these fine garments are, are, are amazing garments. I mean, there is uh, solid gold, pure gold that has been woven into ropes. There is for Aaron, uh, the breastplate. And on the breastplate, there are 12 stones, each one engraved with the name of a tribe of Israel. There are two stones, one on each shoulder with six tribes of each one. So when he goes into the Holy of Holies, when he goes before the Lord and his priestly duties, he is bearing the name of the Lord. I mean, there's holy underwear going on. Uh, There are several layers with an ephod and a turban on top with a gold plate. Y'all, this is something that would have spent a lot of time and a lot of energy and a lot of money in order to make this. So so keep that in mind because that's going to be important in just a second. So they are clothed with all of their uh, priestly garments. And then oil, verse 7, then you shall take the anointing oil and pour it on his head and anoint him. Right. So this is setting them aside. Well, then we get to the sacrifices. There are going to be three sacrifices as part of this ordination and consecration process. The first one is a bull. Now, a bull is meant, this this bull is meant to consecrate the altar. Up until this point, no one has... um, has used the altar that they have built out of bronze. And so the altar has to be set aside uh, in order for it to be used for sacrifices. And so the bull will be um, killed, will be slaughtered. Uh, The blood will be taken and put on the altar uh, in order to consecrate it, in order to set it aside. Then the the bull is burned up completely on the altar. This is not one that's going to be eaten. But then we get to, after the altar has been made ready for use, we get again to the priest. There are two rams, and the first ram is used to atone for the sins of the priests. Now, here's the thing. The priests have sinned themselves. Their job is to mediate the presence of God to his people and God's people to God. And the, one of the primary jobs they're going to have is to offer sacrifices for sin. The problem is that they themselves are sinful. 
Now, you know, this just gets us straight to Jesus, right? Because Hebrews is going to pull out the fact, you know, that time and time again, the, 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 um, uh, the human priests are going to have to continually bring sacrifices for themselves. But Christ, right, Christ did not uh, because he was perfect. But first, their sin must be dealt with. So first what they do is they take the ram, and Aaron and his sons, in verse 15, lay their hands on the head of the ram. Now, this is very important because it is symbolically transferring their sin to this animal. Right? It is an acknowledgment. I mean, think about this. It is an acknowledgment of Aaron and his sons before all the people of God as they're standing around watching this thing happen that they are sinners and they need redemption. They need forgiveness. The holiest people in the camp, the people who will be closest to God, they have plenty of sin that must be dealt with. And so they put their hands on the head of the ram. This is what anyone would have done when they brought a sacrifice for their sin. And then the animal was killed. The ram was killed. Y'all, this is a bloody thing. There, There is liquid everywhere. Remember, water began this process. Then oil, they have oil dripping down off their heads. And now there is blood everywhere. Is First the bull is sacrificed, and now the ram is. And this ram is sacrificed. Its blood is thrown against the altar. Then it is burned up completely. Well, at this point, the... Altar has been consecrated. Sin offering for the priest has been given. And now it is time to set them aside for uh, ministry. So let me read. I'm going to read this whole section, just two or three verses, starting at verse 19. You shall take the other ram. So this is the third sacrifice at this point. You shall take the other ram, and Aaron and his son shall lay their hands on the head of the ram. And you shall kill the ram and take part of its blood and put it on the tip of the right ear of Aaron and on the tip of the right ears of his sons, and on the thumbs of their right hands, and on the great toes of their right feet, and throw the rest of the blood against the sides of the altar. All right, so I'm going to stop there just for a second. What, what's just happened? Well, the blood of consecration has been applied directly to them, right? First to their right earlobes, then their right thumbs, and then their right big toe. Why in the world does that happen? Well, one commentator points out that this is the top, the middle, and the bottom, right? Think about on a person's body, top earlobe, the big toe, and then in the middle you have the thumb. And, and this is consecrating the whole person unto the Lord. But then something really surprising happens. Let me set this up. So... Do you remember when, growing up, you would wear your Sunday best? Or maybe not that, your Easter Sunday clothes. I remember going into a Fancy Pants uh, children's boutique store in Montgomery, and they had these finely made dresses for little girls. And when I say dresses for little girls, I mean a, you know, a simple dress. Well, <laughs> it wasn't terribly simple. But, um, you know, for a five, six, seven, eight, nine-year-old. And as I looked at those price tags, it said $600. Now, I cannot imagine paying $600 for one dress, especially something that's not a wedding dress. Now, how would a mom and dad feel about if that little girl then went around and 
played in the mud, right? It would probably ruin the dress. What about blood, though? You know, the thing about blood is you really can't ever really get it out of clothes. You can make most of it go away, but deep down in the warp and the woof of the clothing, it never really goes away. Now, I would imagine if, if a little child wearing a $600 dress got splattered with blood, that there would be some pretty upset folks. You don't put your nicest things on to get around the slaughterhouse. So remember what Aaron and his sons are wearing at this point? Stuff that the finest um, artisans of Israel had put together. The, the clothing that had been set aside only for use in the tabernacle. Something that you think you would try to keep very clean. All right, think about that. Verse 21, Then you shall take part of the blood that is on the altar and of the anointing oil and sprinkle it on Aaron and his garments and on his sons and on his sons' garments with him. He and his garments shall be holy, and his sons and his sons' garments with him. Wow. Did, did you hear what I just read? That Moses would have taken the oil, mixed it probably with the blood, and, and then flung it on the nicest clothes in the world at that point. You know, the reality is that our salvation, our sanctification. You know, it's, it's a bloody thing. It's a bloody thing, right? Uh, there is no salvation without the shedding of blood. Let me read to you Hebrews chapter 13, verses 11 and following. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy places by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin are burned outside the camp. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. You know, these folks were set, a, set aside, set apart, consecrated, sanctified. These are words that mean to be set apart. They were sanctified, set apart, consecrated by blood. But you know, the blood of bulls and goats, you know, it, it really can't do anything long term. Bulls and goats had to be offered again and again and again and again and again and again and again until Christ came. You know, John the Baptist, when Jesus begins his ministry, as Jesus comes out to be baptized, he says, Behold the Lamb of God who has come to take away the sins of the world. Right? The Lamb of God. See, Christ is our high priest. You think about that. So here is Aaron being consecrated as high priest, but he is, being, he is pointing us to our true high priest. Because as good as Aaron was, he was a sinful man. And he ultimately could not bring atonement for sins as a sinful man using imperfect sacrifices, sacrifices of a different species. But coming into the world, as we think about Christmas, coming into the world was our true high priest. Our true high priest. That it would be through his blood as the perfect lamb 
that we would be forgiven and sanctified. As Satan throws up before your eyes and your heart your past sins or your struggles and your shame, consider again the blood of Jesus, that he loved you so much that he would shed his own blood. And he continues to love you as your high priest. He is interceding before the Father in heaven, right? As our advocate, as our priest, constantly making intercession for us. His blood, if you're a believer, has been applied to you, and it is so much better than the blood of bulls and goats. Have you been covered in the blood? Remember, Christmas is a wonderful thing, but it is one in which I was reminded last night in our session meeting as we talked about our devotional. You know, Christ came in simplicity and poverty. He came probably stained for all of his life with the insult of the world thinking he was an illegitimate son, right? A bastard child. And this he this reproach he gladly bore for you and for me. That we might be called sons of the living God. Have you been washed in his blood? For he was born in a stable. And then he was, okay, get this, he was then anointed at his baptism. And even as we think of the oil that the consecration of the priests experienced pointing us to the Holy Spirit, what happened at his baptism? You remember? The Holy Spirit descended upon him. You know, here we have something greater than oil. We have the we have the, the Holy Spirit descending as a dove. And just as blood is what finished the consecration of those high priests at the cross, the Lamb of God, our high priest, shed his own blood so that we might have salvation and the forgiveness of sins. Praise be to God. Well, if you're looking for some good resources on Exodus that pull this out, I especially commend to you the collection of sermons by Philip Graham Ryken on Exodus. It's his commentary in the Preaching the Word series. It is so good. It's a thick volume. I can't remember how much it was. It was pretty expensive, 40 50 bucks, I would imagine. If you'd like me to order it for you, uh, let me know, and I'll be glad to put the order in for you for on Amazon. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We pray that we would remember the sanctifying, justifying, cleansing blood of Jesus. We thank you for it, and we plead it again. In the name of Jesus, amen.